0: Psalm 23. Let's stand together. If you're able to stand, so we read. We just sang that song about all the way my savior leads me. And we have the shepherd here leading the sheep in Psalm 23. Let's read the the whole psalm here. Psalm 23, a psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord Is my shepherd. It's good to know, isn't it? There's not a sealer there, but if I was writing it, I'd have put a sealer right there. Just pause and think about that. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. For his name's sake. We covered this verse 4 on Wednesday night. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know, this really um, impressed my heart just preparing for Wednesday night, you know, because... Verses 1, 2, and 3, I mean, are just so encouraging. God provides for us. We, he'll take care of all our needs. He feeds us. He leads us beside still waters, places of rest and quiet. And He restores our soul and leads us in the paths of righteousness. And then this verse 4: Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So we walk through valleys sometimes. I will fear no evil because I'm not alone. forever. That's a pretty good deal when goodness and mercy follow you every day of your life. And then it just gets better. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for your word and, and how you do restore our soul, how you do encourage us, how you lift us up when we're down. We thank you for all these things. And, and Father, we do want to just say again how thankful we are for your faithfulness That Father, as we just heard in song, that you don't always work on our time schedule, according to our calendar, but we can believe that, Lord, if we're asking, that you're hearing, and if you're hearing, you're responding. And so, Father, help us to be encouraged tonight. Please help me tonight as I preach and help us as we study your word, God, to grow in grace. I pray if there's someone here tonight that doesn't have a relationship with you someone that doesn't know the good shepherd as the shepherd of their soul i pray that you'd be drawing themselves to you work in their heart help them to not only see their condition but have the grace to reach out and say i need help we pray for that tonight we pray for all of us may you feed our souls tonight in jesus name amen thank you You may be seated we're going to look in verse uh, 5 Tonight, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Keeping in mind as we read this that David is writing as a a shepherd, the background of being a shepherd, caring for sheep. The Lord is my shepherd, but he was a shepherd. And he said, The Lord prepares a table before me. And that table, obviously, uh, is speaking about a place to eat. It's the same word that was used uh, in Samuel speaking about Mephibosheth when it said that he did eat continually at the Lord's table, at the king's table. That's the same word, table. He ate, he put his feet under the king's table. So the shepherd, David said, the shepherd prepares a table for me. So the shepherd cares for the sheep. Our shepherd, our Lord, cares for us, leading us making sure we're fed he prepares a table for us Um, our english word mesa m-e-s-a mesa is a is a word for a uh, elevated flat place if you're familiar you go out west in the in mountain country you'll see and that that mesa is actually sometimes referred to as a table land a mesa it's a place where the it's a plateau and the shepherd would lead sheep up to that plateau to the to that place to graze the lord the lord is our shepherd and the shepherd prepares a place for the flock he prepared a place if you read it all about shepherding they would go before the sheep they wouldn't just lead a sheep into a place and not check it out not prepare it they'd prepare it make sure it's proper food make sure there's no poisonous weeds there do what they could to protect them from predators or enemies. So that's what the shepherd did and the, and David said the Lord is my shepherd and he's prepared a place a table for me in the presence of his enemies. Now I was thinking about this how David said the Lord just like I help my sheep get adequate food the Lord himself leads me. The Lord is my shepherd and he he prepared a table before me. And I got to be thinking about how, how God used David not only to help others, but how God spoke to David, how God fed his soul. And there's, there, I want to just uh, make note of this in a couple of places. We're in Psalms. Please mark your place there in Psalm, And go to, to the left to 2 Samuel. And in 2 Samuel chapter uh, 23... By the way, I just want to say how I was encouraged by both messages this morning—the ten o'clock hour and the eleven o'clock hour. Both messages were just spot on, and I thank the Lord for it. Second Samuel twenty-three. These are the words of David. He said now, these be the last words of David. David the son of Jesse said. Second Samuel twenty-three one. And the man who was raised up on high, the anointed of the king of the God of Jacob—excuse me—and the sweet psalmist of Israel said. Notice this. This is what he said. The Spirit of the Lord spake by me, and his word was in my tongue. And then he says, the God of Israel said. In other words, David said, God, God himself spoke through me. God fed him. God, and you know, there are just so many examples of that in the scripture. David said, I feed, I feed my sheep. I carry the sheep to a safe place. But he said, the Lord himself is my shepherd? He prepares a table for me. There are many references to that in Mark chapter twelve. Jesus quoted from the Psalms, and he Jesus what Jesus said for David himself said by the Holy Ghost, and in Peter Acts in Acts Peter said this: the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake. The, he knew his shepherd fed him, was giving him the Word of God. Back to Psalm twenty-three, he said that. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. We've made mention of this numerous times, but David certainly knew what it was to have enemies. He, he saw, faced enemies for his sheep, of course, caring for his father's sheep. He fought Goliath. He knew about enemies. He, he was a military leader. If you read through the Psalms, and I love to read through the Psalms, he often spoke about these words, these These persecuting words, these verbal assaults against him. He lived in that. David, whether he was in a cave or whether he was in the palace, David had enemies. He lived in the presence of enemies. Yet, this is what he said. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. In the midst of my battles, in the midst of my warfare, the Lord is always preparing a table before me. He's always feeding my soul. And I want to say tonight on that subject that our shepherd, our Lord, the chief shepherd, the good shepherd, prepares a table for us. You know, to prepare something means you think about it in advance. You make preparation in advance. You know, sometimes um, the cook in the house may have unexpected guests and have to, we would say, throw something together at the last minute. But God never has to throw something together at the last minute because He prepares. He prepares what He has for us to feed us. To to me, the preparation there when it says, the Lord is my shepherd, thou preparest a table before me. It speaks of His providence. It speaks of His power. He, He knows what's gonna happen ahead of time. And this amazing thing about the Word of God is it's amazing to me how oh, I'll just give you an illustration I wasn't planning on this but how often I've met people uh, in other places and other churches who who read our devotional books that are and they'll say to me they'll say it's just uncanny how often when I read that text it's like just what I needed at that time isn't that an amazing thing you know why Because our shepherd prepares a table. He prepares it. He knows what we need. He is is into that. Now you may not be into planning, but he's into planning. I was reading today in Matthew 25 where Jesus was teaching about future rewards in the kingdom. And he says, come ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom. Think about this. Come ye blessed of my father. Inherit the kingdom. This is future tense. It's going to be said, Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Isn't that an amazing thing? How God prepares for us. Paul wrote this, "I hath not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love Him. He prepares a table for us, I've read this morning in John 14 where Jesus said, I go to prepare a place for you. He's into preparation and planning. I was uh, thinking about that song, uh, Come and Dine. And, and after the resurrection, after Jesus raised from the dead, the disciples were fishing in the Sea of Galilee, and they fished all night and caught nothing. And as they were out there, there was a figure up on the shore and they didn't recognize who it was. But eventually they found out it was Jesus. And when they came on shore, Jesus had a meal prepared on a fire of coals, the Bible says, fish and bread. Imagine that. You know, one of the challenges of our preaching conference is the food. And and one of the challenges of the food is to have it ready at the right time. But Jesus had that meal prepared and ready, warm on their coals. They'd been fishing all night, and it was ready when they got there. You say, how how do they do? How do you do that? I don't know. Rub two sticks together, I guess. But you know what? He's he, and it's what he said. Come and dine. This is the Lord. He said, "I'm telling you, our shepherd has a table prepared for us, and that food for us is the Word of God." Prepared even before we need it. It's amazing how that works. He's committed to feeding us. Amen. Your shepherd, the Lord, is committed to feeding us. Physically, of course, but spiritually, more importantly, spiritually. And he does that through his word, of course. He does that through his word. You know, if if you would, and I know most people in this room probably do this, and so it's this is probably not for you, but, I, but for, I'll say it to all of us. If you would make it a daily habit to set aside some time absent from interruptions and just get in this book and, and, and do it with an open heart and mind, you would be amazed how God would feed your soul. Pastor Weiss said this in a message recently, you know, that we're not to live on just what we get on Sundays and Wednesdays. We need what we get on Sundays and Wednesdays. Let me tell you, it's not us that said this. Jesus said this to his disciples, to Peter, feed my sheep. And God uses... Preachers and God uses teachers to feed us the Word of God. But the food is not the eloquence of the sermon. The food is this book right here. And we ought to come with open hearts and open minds. And God feeds us. He's committed to giving us the Word of God, to feeding us. And He knows what we need. It's uncanny how often I'll, I'll hear a sermon, I'll be at a conference or somewhere, and God will... Just give me something at that moment that I need. And it's not because the preacher is so smart. It's because the shepherd is so good. Notice he said in verse 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Even in the presence of our enemies. Even in the presence of warfare. Even the presence of opposition. He prepares a table before us. You know, sometimes we forget. I think we forget that we have enemies. God's sheep have enemies. And those enemies are real. Jesus said to his disciples when he sent them out, I'm sending you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. It's not always welcoming. But think about that. Who are our enemies? If we have enemies, who are our enemies? And don't look around the room <laughs> they're not they're not here And our enemies are not people that just disagree with us our enemies are not people who think differently than we do they're not people of a different political party or persuasion our battles not against flesh and blood Amen. but there we have we heard about this this morning in the preaching we have three very real enemies That are identified in scripture one of them is the world the world system the world system that you and i live in that we are not we are not to be welcoming to it's certainly not welcoming to us in the gospel it's opposed to godliness this world system is opposed to godliness and we are in a constant battle with worldliness every one of us ought to be able to see that the friendship here's what the bible said the friendship with the world, the friendship of the world, is the enmity of God. Right. To be a friend of this world, you make yourself the enemy of God. If you're going to be a friend of God, you're going to, the world is not going to be your friend. So we have that enemy. Another enemy that we face is our own flesh. The flesh is not a friend of holiness. Your flesh is not. My flesh is not. Paul said it so clearly there is no good thing that dwelleth within me that is within my flesh nothing zero nada there's no good thing that dwells within me that is within my flesh my flesh doesn't want to serve God my flesh doesn't want to sacrifice my flesh doesn't want to deny itself my flesh may not want to seek God and so that's the flesh that we deal with we deal with the world every day we deal with the flesh every day and of course the devil is our enemy. And he walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He never stops. he's He's always stalking us, looking for an opportunity to take us down. And while we're being very casual and acting like there's not an enemy or we don't really need this stuff, you know, we're kind of Asleep at the wheel, the devil is seeking to destroy us, to hurt our families, to ruin our testimony and ministry. That's why the Bible says, Neither give place to the devil, don't give him an inch. So we have these enemies. We're in this constant battle. You say we you act like we ought to be babbled already. That's exactly what we ought to be. We're in a battle, we're in a warfare. We're in constant battle. We're always in the presence of our enemies. I take you back to the psalm where it says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. But even when we're in the midst of spiritual battles, even when we're the target of the enemy, even when we're struggling with our own doubts and all this kind of thing that can happen, our shepherd is committed to preparing a table before us to feed us. Thou, he has a table spread for us. Though our enemies are present, they cannot keep us from being fed by the abundant provision of our shepherd. name you may or may not be familiar with, Alexander and He was a Baptist preacher in Scotland. He lived at the same time that uh, Spurgeon ministered in England. He said this, this is the condition of God's servant, always conflict, but always a spread table. That's an interesting thought. If you never have any conflict, you ought to ask yourself if you're doing the right thing. Always conflict, but always a spread table. So David said in Psalm 23:5, thou preparest a table before me. In the presence of mine enemies. And then he said this. Thou anointest my head with oil. To demonstrate this tonight, we're going to get a bucket of oil. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) The shepherd, let's go back to the shepherd. Because David wrote this as a shepherd. The shepherd often ministered to the sheep. He used oil to care for the needs of the flock. And you can read this about this anywhere. I've enjoyed reading about the shepherding. But they could be troubled by insects, flies, diseases common among sheep. So these shepherds would carry these oils. What are those kind of oils that everybody uses today? That wasn't those kind of oils. This is like 30-weight um, oil. <laughs> Shepherds would carry oil, often even like olive oil. They'd carry oils to apply to the sheep to protect them when they're being attacked by these flies, Beelzebub, by the way, by these flies, by these various things. The the shepherd would cover their head because that was the dangerous place to get these these, uh, infectious things in their eyes or in their nose. And so they would take this oil. So David said, David knew about that. So David said, The Lord is my shepherd, thou anointest my head with oil. The Lord ministers to him. And I've really been thinking about that in the last few days, about how the shepherd anoints us with oil. Um, Now, flies, horse flies can be a seasonal problem if you're out in the country in the summertime, but flies are usually not too bad of a problem. We don't really have a problem with insects or noxious Plants, that's not our problem. But I'll tell you, we do have problems. We have struggles. We have adversity and problems that frustrate us and, and cause us to, to be defeated. So we need, we need the shepherd to help us. I want, I, want to, I want to read you a few verses here. We're going to leave Psalm 23 and go to the New Testament. We'll come back to it in a moment. But let's go, I'm I'm thinking about this matter. Go to Luke chapter 4. I'm thinking about this whole subject of how David said, Thou anointest my head with oil. And there's several references in the New Testament about this subject of anointing. Um, The first one, I want to just kind of walk through these kind of slowly, but just see the common thread that ties these together. In Luke chapter 4, this this is a very powerful and familiar passage um, in verse 16 and following where Jesus stood up in the synagogue and read from the book of Isaiah. But this is what he read in verse, let's just look in verse 18, get right to the point. This is a quote from Isaiah 61. Jesus read this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, and recovering sight to the blind, and to set at liberty them that are bruised. Let's just look at that subject in verse 18 briefly. The word there, anointed, if you were to look that up in some Bible dictionary, some concordance, it'll tell you the word means to rub or smear something. Just like David would rub or smear that oil on the head of a lamb to protect that lamb and to heal that lamb, that's what that word anointed means to rub or to smear. And he said, The Spirit of the Lord has anointed him. Not he, so he didn't, the, you know, Jesus didn't have a physical oil upon him, but he had a spiritual anointing upon him. Let's, let's just look at another passage. Go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 and verse 38. Peter is preaching here. And notice what he said in verse 38. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So in Luke chapter 4, it says the Spirit of the Lord was on him because he anointed him. It's the Spirit of God. This anointing was the Spirit of God. The Spirit of the Lord was on him because he anointed me to preach. And here in verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus. Same word, anointed, like to rub or smear. He anointed him with what? anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost. Both these things talk about the, the power of the Spirit of God, enabling Jesus, and empowering Jesus. Go with me if you would now to 2 Corinthians. We'll go to one of the epistles to the churches in 2 Corinthians chapter 1. And just read a few verses here. Verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 21. Now he which you us with you is Christ. Keep in mind, Paul's writing to the church. The church there, the church members there in Corinth. He that establisheth us with you in Christ and hath anointed us is of God, who hath also sealed us And given us the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Here, once again, we have that word anointed, means the same thing to rub or smear. But now he's not talking about anointing Jesus, talking about anointing us. And he's talking about giving us the Spirit, the earnest of the Spirit in our hearts. Let's go to one other passage, and that's over in 1 John chapter 2. And like Brother Hawkins, I'm going to stay away from, hopefully stay away from (laughs) Pastor Weiss's text here in 1 John. But first. 1 John chapter 2, and look in verse 27. He says, John the Beloved, writing to these believers, says, but the anointing which you have received of him abideth in you. The same word, anointing. Something smeared like anointment. All these words are the same word. But he says, the anointing which you have received of him abides in you and you've not you have not no need you need not that any man teacheth you but as the same anointing teaches you of all things and is truth and is no lie and even as it hath taught you you shall abide in him okay who is it who is it that Jesus said would teach us all truth it's the holy spirit so all these verses talk about a similar thing, that that Jesus was anointed with the Spirit of God, with power, that we are anointed, He dwe- the anointing dwells within us, and all these things to me remind remind me of the fact that our our victory, our our power depends on Him, upon His filling, upon His anointing, upon you know, upon Him working in our life. And and I go back to the matter of, of the sheep, you know, the the shepherd anointed them with oil because they had these irritating insects and these bothersome diseases. Just like we don't, just like them, though, we're daily in this world. We are daily being exposed to things that harm us spiritually, challenge that infect us, and there's only one way to have victory over those things, and that's with not within ourselves; it's with God's power upon our lives. He anointeth my he anointeth me, he says. And, I, and God does that. He, we need God. You know, we, we've, this has been emphasized so much from this pulpit in recent days, but really even for years. Our, the, one of the, our biggest problems is our own flesh. And we pamper the flesh sometimes. The flesh, when, living in the flesh is not a viable, reasonable, beneficial, practical, wise choice for our lifestyle. We're to walk in the Spirit. God has given us what we need. God is not in our own strength, not in our own wisdom, but in His own power. The Spirit-filled life is the overcoming life, not walking in the energy of our flesh. It's His life. He gives His life. It lives within us. If you're saved, the overcomer lives within us, and He anoints our head with oil, not with a physical oil, but with a spiritual oil that we need to do His work. So we see in Psalm 23, verse 5, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Even though I'm going through a valley, even though I'm surrounded by enemies, He is preparing a table before us. You know, the the tendency sometimes of our unbelief is when we're going through a difficult time or things aren't going our way or we're not seeing things happen is we want to get discouraged and we, we feel attacked. We feel under the circumstances. But what David says is even in the presence of our enemies he's preparing a table for us. And he anoints our head with oil. He gives us what we need. And then the final phrase there in verse 5 we'll, we'll close with this. My cup runneth over. Now there's, you just think about that. David said, David has just talked about going through a valley, a deep valley, a troublesome, dangerous valley, a dark valley. And he talks about being in the presence of his enemies. But he said, my shepherd causes my cup to run over. In the valley of the shadow of death, in the presence of his enemies, the shepherd was feeding him and leading him and providing abundantly for him. David considered himself to be abundantly blessed. Now, if you're familiar with the Bible, and most of you are, you know David, he's a well-known, famous character, but David was in constant battles. And yet he said, My cup runneth over. It was another Psalm of David in 68 where he said this Blessed be the Lord who daily loadeth us with benefits, even the God of our salvation. And there is a selah after that. <laughs> Think about this. He daily loads us with benefits. When I every time I read that, or every time I say it, I have this vision in my mind, this imagination, this idea, it's like God, God every day just backs up a truck to your life and he's going to daily load you with benefits. That's what that's what David said. Now you you could think, well David said that because David, you know, God dealt with David and God spoke to David and yes, David killed Goliath. But David it wasn't always a mountaintop for David. So I want us just to think about our God, our God, our saviors, our shepherds' provision for us. You know, it's good to count your blessings. Matter of fact, I think it's a very effective tool of the enemy to cause us to focus on our difficulties and our disappointments and lose sight of our blessings. And by the way, you probably don't need me to say this, but I just want to say it. Everybody has problems. I mean everybody does. And and often we think that everybody else has problems but not like mine. But we all have problems. David could have complained about the valley of the shadow of death. David could have complained the fact that his enemies were always around him. In the presence of my enemies. But rather, he said, my cup runneth over. That my shepherd, he said, is preparing a, play, a table before me. I th- think about those words. He has prepared a table before me. In the midst of all his difficulties, he could see how God was feeding him and leading him and helping him. And I, I'm convinced today that our blessings are before us. We may not recognize them. We may not see them. But they are before us. Let's go to a couple more verses. Go to 2 Corinthians. We're done in Psalm 23, I believe. Go Go to 2 Corinthians for a moment. Here's a verse that just to me speaks of this abundant, overflowing cup of grace in our life. Second Corinthians chapter nine and verse eight. I mean, while you're turning, don't you don't you really um, in, enjoy or aren't you challenged or uh, by by people and let's just talk about biblical people. People like Paul and Silas at midnight singing and worshiping God. Don't you just, don't you just appreciate that about people? Or, or Paul writing from a, Roman, a filthy Roman prison, a dungeon, saying, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Don't you just love that about people? Those kind of people make me sick, right? You know what that's called? It's called faith. Here in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 8, Paul wrote, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye, always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Now, he's, in that context, to be true to the text, he's speaking about giving. You know, he says, he would soweth sparingly, will reap sparingly. He would soweth bountifully, shall reap bountifully. But he said this: you need to understand this about God. God is able to make all grace, all grace, abound toward you. Abound doesn't mean a little drip or drop or a, a thump, you know, a thimbleful. It's a. It's abounding grace. He's been able to, all grace abound toward you that you always, every, always, in every circumstance, always having all sufficiency in everything, you may abound to every good work. That's not a God who sort of carefully, miserly rations out blessings. That's a God of abundant blessing. If you're in 2 Corinthians, I go to the right a little bit to the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 1. Just one verse. Verse 3. Blessed, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. Isn't that good? Peter said, according as his divine power hath given to us all things, all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. He's given us everything we need for life and godliness. Young person, I probably heard this kind of preaching when I was a kid because I went to a Baptist church who preached from the King James Bible. But I never was convinced And it's my own fault that everything that I needed for life and godliness was in Jesus Christ. And some of you may not be convinced either. You may be thinking that there's something in this world that could be more attractive, more helpful. But I'm telling you, everything we need for life and godliness is found in Christ Jesus. The thief cometh back to the shepherd and sheep. The thief cometh but for to steal and kill and destroy. But I am come, Jesus said, that you might have life. And have it more abundant. Not just some life, best life, better life, abundant life. That's that's what it means to say my cup runneth over. We have all that we need and more. We're not, again, kind of refer back to the message this morning. It's not just about money. And it's not about us. It's not about us always having more money than we can spend. But it's knowing that our shepherd takes good care of us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. And he gives us more than this world can ever give us. All spiritual blessings in heavenly places. What a blessing it is. Is the Lord your shepherd tonight? I mean, do you have a relationship with him? where He leads you, where He feeds you. Be honest tonight. Be honest, whether you're an adult or a young person. Take this to heart. Do you know what it is for, maybe through reading the Bible, or your family devotions, or some sermon for God to speak to you, where you know it's not just It's not just the voice you're hearing physically, audibly in your ear, but there's a voice speaking to your heart, feeding your soul. If you don't know what that is, if you don't know what that is, there's a good chance maybe you don't know the shepherd. He feeds his flock. He feeds his sheep. And you don't have to be old for that to happen. You just have to be saved. You You have to have a hunger... Blessed are they that do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Do you know him? And if you don't know him tonight, he loves you. He wants to be your shepherd. He's not, if you're not saved, he's not your shepherd. But he wants to be your shepherd. And you need him. Whether you realize it or not, you need him. We need him in this life. Amen. And if you don't know him today, I would challenge you. If I thought it would help, I would beg you to seriously consider your relationship with him. I say this because it's true. I can I can distinctly remember as a 21 year old young man who was at home in the world enjoyed the world the world's standards the world's music the world's lifestyle that when I really gave my life to the Lord not in an audible voice that I could hear But a voice that sometimes seemed as clear as an audible voice. That through the word of God, God would speak to me. As a kid, as a 21-year-old boy, young man. I've never gotten over that. The Lord is my shepherd. I wouldn't want to live life without him. Amen.